0: Try to kill us but my village too strong Long live the peak. Here we go again with the bullshit you Long live the
1: peak. We have all these mixed blood people all over across the country We cannot exclude them
0: There's nothing wrong with being Red River Métis
1: We are all Métis There was an attempt to define Métis And we said no.
0: There's Métis from Red River. What's wrong with Métis from someplace else? And they were also Métis people.
1: Uniting our people is at a very sad state. We
0: are all Métis.
1: Welcome to The Jig Is Up. Uh, before we get to our guest this week I wanted to let you guys know um, a little bit of what's going on in our world and we have a website called and uh, it's and we have started a repatriation fund and we were inspired by a lady in the uk that was selling some items that were taken from a gravesite in Batash which is terrible and disgusting and but she's selling them And I don't know if there's really much we can do. So we thought, well, we can at least start a repatriation fund to maybe possibly buy these items back. And looking down the road, though, there's lots of items that were taken from our people, from Métis people across this country, that really needs to be returned. And so we're going to work with people, and and we're not deciding what happens with the money. We're going to work with the community and determine what items need to come back and how we can best use this money to cover some of the costs and some of the, you know, any any inconveniences that people may have to get these items returned. So if that's what it's there for. It's not there for us to use as uh, for anything other than getting items back. So go there. You can donate online. Uh, you can donate as much or as little as you want. You can spread a donation out over three payments if you want. You know, so just just head there and just know that every dollar that's that's raised there goes towards the future uh, repatriation of metis items so that's something that's really exciting i wanted to talk about before we get into today's show uh the lady that's on the show today uh i had the i had the pleasure of meeting her uh, when we were at a planning meeting for arts dance which was the live event that, that we did here on the show and uh, you know, she's <laughs> done so much, that you, and it's just amazing. So when I met her, I, I was like, hey, man, you got to come on the show. And, and so I'm really proud to have her on the show. It's been my pleasure to be able to sit down and chat with her and, and have her on the show. Her name is Jesse Short, and she's a curator, a writer, an artist, a filmmaker. And uh, I'm just really excited to have her on the show. She's got some really cool things going on. And so I hope you guys enjoy the show as much as I did. I hope you guys you know, she's got, uh, next spring, she's going to have a huge event up in Edmonton that I'm definitely going to go to. I'm going to take my whole family. And, you know, I think every Métis in, that can get there should go. Uh, and you'll find out about it when she tells us in, in the interview. So, I hope you guys enjoy the, the interview. Long live the peak. All right, welcome to the show. Uh, joining me today is Jesse Short. Welcome.
0: Hi, thank you.
1: So... uh let's start off and just go kind of tell us about growing up or where you grew up and where you're from and a bit about you and a bit about your I guess your family if you want and
0: sure uh well I was born in Edmonton and then grew up pretty much in Calgary I think I was about six maybe when we moved here five okay. five or six yeah. and um yeah kind of grew up here um my family is from more northern Albert like Edmonton and mm. North, um, but before that, uh, from Saskatchewan area, okay. so up around like Park Valley, so it's kind of up around Debden, Saskatchewan, okay. and then um, also down in southern Saskatchewan, the um, around Willow Bunch. okay. yeah, so uh, <clears throat> I'm at and German and Ukrainian.
1: Now, when you were growing up, did uh, like was the Métis part of your identity, um, I guess, something really proud in your family? Or was it kind of, you know, in a lot of people's family it wasn't talked about too much. Mm. But was it something you grew up always knowing?
0: I did always know it. Um, I didn't really understand what it meant. Yeah. And it was more, it would come out in these strange ways. and You know, and you're kind of left like trying to figure out figure it out so um yeah like i said like i'm also german and ukrainian as well so like that side of my family i know much better like it was always like we're having cabbage rolls with everything (laughs) and you know like pierogies all the time (laughs) kind of thing and then then there was this sort of other part of my family that we never talked about you know and i was kind of it's my dad who's metis and i remember asking him these questions because you know his last name is short and I remember being like, what? Like, are we... I think I asked once my parents if we were wasps. Oh, okay. And I didn't know what that meant. Yeah, yeah. And so white, Anglo-Saxon, Protestant, right? And both my parents said no, because my mom's like Slavic, my dad's (laughs) Métis. And and, um, so I was trying to figure out, though, well, if we're not wasps, like, why do we have this last name? Yeah, yeah. And he said, well, we're French. And I was like, but... I don't understand, like, short is not a French last name. Like, you know, so they're just kind of things like that, like yeah, these yeah. weird layers. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, and then, you know, sometimes he'd say, and I, I'm i trying not to perpetuate this as much, but, you know, I do remember him saying once when I was growing up here that we were in enemy territory because the Blackfoot are traditional enemies. Oh, okay. And, you know, again, I was kind of like, who? Like, like our family? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. or what? You know, and then finally he was like, well, Park Cree kind of thing. And so there's always these weird things yeah. that nothing really added up. Yeah, yeah. And so I had heard the term Métis, but nobody really spoke about it. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, and so it wasn't until I was in my early 20s that I really started to like think about it and mm. you know put these pieces together yeah, and yeah. and you know and my dad just telling me stories of coming home I remember him coming home sometimes and getting mad because he got pulled over by the cops again or like yeah, yeah. you know stuff like that and just trying to figure it out Um so yeah I really started looking into it in my 20s and and that's when it all started to just like come apart you know and i start to really understand more about you know where we we came from and um i met maria campbell
1: oh wow and
0: uh, she actually is from park valley which is the same community that my grandfather grew up in oh wow so she knew them she's like oh yeah you know and she was like oh yeah of course you're metis like nobody (laughs) told you that you know and i was like okay this is all starting to make sense
1: now. <laughs> now, was Métis a term that your dad used to describe himself? Even, like, just either, every, every once in a while at home? Or had it come up? Or was it, like, half-breed? Or just was it... We're a mix. Or...
0: Yeah, it was... I'm trying to remember if I specifically remember him saying Métis. I do remember him saying that we were part Cree because of the, you know, Blackfoot territory yeah, thing. Yeah. But um, for some reason, I... I knew that word i don't know why i knew that word so he yeah. must it must have come up at some point yeah yeah. but yeah. you know i don't it wasn't ever really like talked about a ton yeah and if it was it maybe was in strange ways like with my um my mom's family you know would yeah. say weird things about my dad being native or something you know like oh, just okay. like yeah, yeah that kind of stuff and yeah so you're trying to figure it out. You're like, <laughs> what does this all mean? Yeah. So how
1: did it, um, when you, you said you started to kind of reconnect or connect with it when you in your 20s, did that change, I guess not really change you as a person, but did it change kind of your outlook on things or how you viewed yourself even? Or did it kind of change how you felt about your family, yourself, as you kind of started to understand?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I started to understand (laughs) the dogs. Love the dogs. (laughs) Um, I started to understand, like, it it gave a context for growing up. Mm -hmm. You know, there was, I started to see this, like, just unspoken something. Yeah, yeah. That was, and it started to like. I just started to understand it more, and as I started to do more research too, and, and connect my family to that history, and I, I mean, I don't say this to be exclusionary or anything, but like, I was like, oh, we're the we're the Red River Métis thing, mm-hmm. you know, like that is where yeah. we're from, kind of yeah. thing, and it just started to make a lot more sense, like all this sort of vague answers I would mm. get as a kid and, and, um, not secrecy, but, you know, I think I started to realize too, as I looked more into history and stories, but like Batosh and, mm-hmm. you know, and there's that, um, picture of the Métis prisoners yeah. and there's a James Short in there. Oh, okay. And like, so I started making those connections and, yeah. and I started to understand why, or possibly why we didn't talk about it, mm-hmm. you know, and the silence and the the fear that came out of that event yeah. and, like, the violent repercussions that happened oh, yeah. afterwards. And, you know, so it was very much, a, I think, a survival thing.
1: Yeah, I, I've, I've seen that with a lot of people I talk to, and that's how I feel is it it wasn't a matter of choice. It was survival back then. Yeah. Um, and I think for some Métis it was easier because you could – kind of integrate better with the white culture so you just talk about your white side of your family more because mm-hmm. um, even for my family it was the same thing it was a survival thing we just didn't talk about it mm-hmm. it was like the crazy uncle that ever only ever talked about it right so that's interesting yeah so as you move forward um because um, you're you're you know the things you're doing now is um you know you're very artistic and and things like that so is that were you always that way or has that developed because of or has it changed because of, you know, going through your twenties and trying to and figuring out more of who you are as a Metis and things mm-hmm. like that? Did it change your artistic ideals or?
0: Yeah, I mean, I've always been like a very creative kid. You know, whenever yeah. I did like my parents would be like, You have an artistic temperament <laughs> and whenever I did something weird, they were like, What an artist, you know? <laughs> And um, so I, I've always sort of leaned towards that, but yeah. um, I think definitely it gave me a connection and it was so rich, right? Like I was trying to figure out these stories and especially I think when you're denied things mm-hmm. and you come to to see how that's... Played into your life. You know, people always want to know know the forbidden, right? Yeah. Like, it's fascinating. Why is it forbidden? Yeah. You know, and there's so much there. So, um, yeah, it was just like kind of a Pandora's box to open this. And I think I really got started to delve deeply into this when I was in my master's degree and I wrote about contemporary Métis visual culture Which is really hard to do because, as I learned, there's even though there's you know First Nations inuit Métis, you know the Constitution, like there's very little research and writing by us, especially on the creative side of things. There's a lot Mm. of research and writing about us, and especially about. Real and you yeah. know all of that that yeah, kind of stuff trade, yeah the fur trade the but not not so much um yeah what we're doing ourselves yeah. kind of thing so that was really challenging and like art specifically there's like almost nothing yeah um so that challenged me to try and write something mm-hmm. and um and also at the same time i was learning more and more about my family it was actually a really difficult degree like cuz i you know i would be kind of it was really emotional i would i would be learning about stuff and just to see how you fit into all of these stories about uh you know about oppression and about uh, like like indigenous yeah. you know seeing like understanding how that affected my family yeah um was really challenging, mm-hmm. and uh, I also was doing my masters in Southern Ontario at Brock. Oh, okay. And I've just been back, and they actually have like a Métis student center now. Thank God, because at the time, <laughs> I remember going to the Aboriginal Student Center, being like, "I'm Métis," and they were like, "You're the only one." <laughs> nice. And is that even real? <laughs> like, basically, you know, it's yeah, kind yeah. of the thing I got ripped all the time. Like. Yeah. And so I was living in Ontario when I was doing all my master's and undergrad and saying I was Métis and, and people would really um, challenge me on that. You know, they'd be like, well, okay, so you're just like a little bit native or like you're mm. kind of making it up or yeah. like a wannabe or something. Yeah, yeah. And I was like... Uh, no I'm pretty sure it's real guys but because I didn't have that f- that strong family dialogue yeah. and you know community connection I was like am I making this up like yeah so I actually came back to Alberta for a year I took a year off of my master's and worked at the Banff Center okay and um it was great because I met all kinds of indigenous artists I met actual people who are like Métis and artists mm. and um you know and then they were like no no it's real <laughs> <laughs> like we're not making it's an actual thing yeah like not making this up and you know I, that's when I met Maria Campbell and she was yeah. like I grew up with your family of course you're Métis you know and I was like okay you know yeah. like it was this relief right because oh, yeah. I was tr- this lone person trying to understand my place in the world kind of thing, but then yeah. also getting challenged by these other people who had no idea and including indigenous people
1: yeah,
0: out, out East. yeah. And so it was really, um, it was really important. And it, it made me see, you know, how there's this, like the lack of discussion, the lack of, which isn't what happens for everybody, but a lot mm-hmm. of Métis people, I think, how much it affects us and everything you know and there is like a real kind of absence of that voice and not politically necessarily like just more sort of culturally socially like people engaging you know with each other as yeah as et people right yeah
1: yeah it seems to be like um you know we talk about this a lot where it's the strengthening of communities that we that I feel we really need right now. Like we're, you know, there's people working in politics and lobbying the government for things, but on the cultural side of things, it's, it it seems like it's almost diminishing. Um, And so I find it very tough to Okay, well, what is Métis culture? And if you go to Métis people and ask them, very few people can really answer that because so many people grew up with where their parents didn't talk about it or, you know, that kind of thing. So it's, you know, it's, it's a hard thing to reconnect, I find. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it is through arts and through things like that that we're, that it's going to. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, you know, you, you're looking back, like, there was always the music and the dancing. and the, So, obviously, we were creative people. I mean, we built things that, you know, we re-engineered things that existed to make them better. And so, very creative people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I find that interesting. But I also, um, I've spoke to other people that went to schools, even here in Alberta. And granted, smaller schools. And they said the same thing where they would go to the Indigenous Centre and, yeah, Métis. And everybody looked at them like, okay, yeah, you kind of look white. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're kind of outcast over there in the to the side. So, yeah, very similar experiences even up until today.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, it does. It for sure happens. I think the one thing that I find easier about being in the prairies is even if people have no clue, they they've heard the word. Yeah. You know, like I literally would meet people, Canadians, like being here for generations and we're just like, a what? No, (laughs) like just hadn't even heard the word. And I was like, it's in the constitution. (laughs) Like, you know, when they say this, like, people are like, oh, right. Like, I don't know. They just kind of block it from their minds. But I think too, I mean, there's definitely that hiding for a lot of people. But, um, I also came to realize when I started to hang out with my dad more, because, and this still happens to this day, like, I ask him about being Métis, and um, I don't know that it's, not that he doesn't want to talk about it, but culture is so, um, it's like a really, like, how do you define it, right? Yeah. And so when I ask him certain things, and I guess unless I ask him really pointed questions, but even then, you know, he might not know mm-hmm. or even think to say, but usually how I get the most information out of him is when we go do things. Yes. And Like we went to back to Batash in 2010 <clears throat> and, you know, we were just walking around and he wasn't saying a lot. And then we went and got Bannock Burgers. Mm-hmm. And we were sitting there at this picnic table eating bannock burgers, and all of a sudden he was just like, it's like the bannock my dad used to make. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, Dad, I've been asking you this stuff. And then we ran into a friend, actually, the Bruce Sinclair, who I just did the play with at Batoche. A friend of mine. And I introduced my dad, and Bruce was telling him where he was from. My dad's like, oh, yeah, I know that, that area. I think it was in Meadow Lake. And then my dad was telling, started telling about Big River. Yeah, we got relatives in Big River, blah, blah. And I was like, I've been asking you this for years. Like, and I don't think it's that he was willfully hiding it from me. It's just, it just didn't come to him because he wasn't in a space where it would make him think of that. Yeah. You know, so it's like when you ask people, you're like, what is your culture? Yeah. Like, well, what is your culture? Yeah. It's kind of, I think it's like, it's in the living of it. Absolutely, yeah. You know, and then and then maybe you'll realize that it's, that's, but it's like trying to separate those things yeah. out. But how can you separate out Yeah. the things that you live, right?
1: Well, yeah, like it's it's a kind of more a way of life for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I, I find that too, that it's something that has to trigger somebody to go, oh yeah, I guess that is kind of a unique thing or, right. you know, whatever. Or, oh yeah, we got family. Oh yeah, I guess that is kind of a... And I find it's a, very much a, a left up to a situation that triggers that kind of thought rather yeah. than sitting down and thinking, okay, so this is our culture.
0: Yeah. yeah. We're so. going to talk about – we're going to lay it all yeah. out.
1: <laughs> Here, let me get the book out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so now you kind of went – you know, you went through your 20s, you went through that, and now you're doing some things at at Patosh, and you did a play, and maybe tell us a little bit about
0: that. Sure, yeah. Well, I – I um... I did just do a play at Batosh, and uh, so I know uh, Bruce Sinclair, he's a MET guy from Saskatchewan, and he does a lot of theatre art stuff. Yeah, And um, I actually did a video when I moved back to Alberta about three years ago Um I originally moved back because I wanted to start doing this research project, and I have been, and it's slow going, because I want to do a documentary about um, my great-great-uncle Edouard Beaupre, who okay. was the Willow Bunch giant. Oh, okay. So he was like the still the tallest Canadian, as far as I know, and he was a Métis guy from wow. Willow Bunch. Wow. Yeah. Um, but people kept telling me that it would be hard for me to direct it and have creative control if I didn't have any film credits to my name. Mm. So I started making films to get the experience so I could do this work. Right, And then it turns out I really like making films. Nice. Yeah, so the first film I made was actually this one. It's called Wake Up. And I um, basically just sit in front of a camera, And the festival version is about six minutes long. And there's uh, just me sitting in front of the camera, staring right at it. So the camera's kind of like my mirror. And I just slowly, um, physically, like through hair and makeup and costume, transform myself into Louis Riel. Oh, nice. Um, Wow. And there's sort of this very minimal dialogue over top, talking about like, how do you explain a culture in small talk? And... And it made me think about living in Ontario. And one of the things, if it ever came up, you know, that I was Métis and people would be like, what is that? Um, I would fall back on saying, well, have you heard of Louis Riel? Because if you've gone to school in Canada, you probably have. Yeah, yeah. And so people would be like, yeah, and I'd be like, well, I'm kind of like him, like he's Métis kind of thing. Wow. And so I started thinking about this, like, I wonder what they thought I meant. Like, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm like this 19th century man or like super religious. Per- oh, yeah. Like, I don't know what they thought. And um, so I thought it would just be kind of an interesting reflection to actually make the transformation because yeah, yeah. I'd said it for so long.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: Um. So anyway, I, I made that film and it's been to a bunch of festivals and shown in galleries wow. and stuff and uh bruce saw it and the crazy thing is i i didn't know this was going to happen but i actually kind of look like louis riel <laughs> when i when i make the transformation oh wow um yeah it's a little bit eerie so <laughs> bruce saw it and he was like would you ever be louis riel in a play yeah and i was like yeah sure why not <laughs> so it finally just happened oh wow um, so uh, yeah this play we just did a play at Batoche like at the site and it was for um, Saskatchewan Culture Days and uh, it was all in French and Michif oh wow and we were an all Métis cast nice. and um, yeah it was really fun there was three little scenes um, and it moved around the site yep and, um, you know, we we're sort of children in the beginning because it was for school groups. Oh, okay. They're eight to 11 years old. So, you know, we were kind of having this back and forth, you know, like, and I was yeah, this yeah. kid who was ashamed to be Métis and said my grandpa said not to say I was Métis. And then right. one of the other actors was like, no, it's great, you know, <laughs> and then we were like naming off like Métis people. And, yeah, yeah asking the audience if they were metis you know and letting them identify if they want to and just being like yeah you're awesome kind of thing (laughs) i wasn't it was about that but you know it's a bit more in depth than that yeah um then we had the second scene was in this rifle pit so we sort of go back in time and we show them some people you know and they're talking about we're waiting here to die the english are coming and oh wow the kids were all right around us in the Pit with us, yeah, yeah, you know, and they really, I think, got the gravity of the situation, wow. yeah. And then the last scene is we sort of go forward in time. The actors are kids again, um, but they can't find me. My name was Sarah, yeah. so they start calling for me, and instead of Sarah, um, Louis Riel walks up, yeah, and addresses them. So I had this long monologue that I had to say in French, <laughs> and um, it went pretty well. It's a little bit. Um, we just really wanted to have this message of love mm-hmm. and persistence and hope. Yeah. Um, and also kind of really claim the space. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so we wrote some. We sort of all co-wrote some of his dialogue, and then we actually did use some of his writing. Oh wow! Yeah. From some of the journals. Um. Which is really dense, actually, and, like, we found the simplest thing we could possibly find. He was a very, very, like, well-educated person. I think even adults would have a hard time reading his... eh? Oh, yeah. Some of it, yes, and some of it, yeah, it's pretty... Some of it can be very esoteric. But anyway, so we, you know, did this and addressed the kids, and yeah, so it was kind of a... Yeah, it was like a claiming of space and, you know, letting any kids... And especially as, you know, Bruce is sort of mentioning, like some of the it, it Francophone people probably are Métis. Mm-hmm. And again, it's, you know, possibly this sort of just generational, like, yeah. silence. So just like giving people this, you know, we're still here kind of thing. Wow. Um, yeah, it was really fun one day and a lot of work and I have kind of realized I'd don't think I'm an actor but <laughs> <laughs> but I did it um I think my favorite thing that happened was one day this little kid came up to one of the other cast members Marjorie Bocage and he just said uh we're still here and wow. she was she looked at him and she said yes and dude do you hear what Riel said we'll be here forever and he just looked back and was like
1: yeah wow
0: and was like That's really cool. yeah, yeah was really into yeah. it Wow. Uh, so it was, yeah. Yeah, it was <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, that kind of makes it worth it right there, for sure. Yeah.
1: So how did you do that over multiple days? Or
0: Yeah, it was four days. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: That's a lot of work in four days, I bet, eh?
0: Yeah. Uh, well, we did it, it was a two-week period where we rehearsed and everything, and then oh, okay. there's just four days of so
1: now are you guys going on tour and doing all the one (laughs) time
0: i don't know it would be i wonder i'm not sure how it would translate i'm i mean i can imagine you could translate it to other spaces that aren't patosh but i mean yeah you know like bruce was saying it's how cool is it to do a play about a place in that place
1: yeah it has that impact right?
0: exactly and like the you know we're like Smudging every day, and we're like, "Thanks up all the ancestors for being yeah. here." I'm sure, you know, and um, yeah, there's like a feeling to that place, and it's also a beautiful place, mm-hmm. you know. Like there's this great view of the valley. Oh yeah, yeah. So that was where Riel walks up from. So nice. everybody sees the valley behind. Yeah. Him and, wow, that's great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it was a beautiful place. I've only been there once, but it was it is definitely a nice place
0: mm-hmm. for sure.
1: Um, now are, are you for Batoche, like they have batache days every year. Are you doing something at Batash days or this year? Or-
0: no, I never have. I, um, I mean, I just went the once, one time with my dad and, yeah. um, not that I'm not interested. I just, you know, haven't really been so connected to that community. Like mm-hmm. my family is from the general area, yeah, but yeah. you know, my parent, like, their their parents all left that area. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I've never been to actual Batash days. We were up there well before Batash days. So, but yeah, it's definitely a beautiful area. Mm-hmm. I would think too. The you said the second scene where you guys are, you know, in the rifle pit and stuff. I think that would have a huge impact, being where where you are. Oh yeah. You know, and I yeah, I don't know if that would work. I mean, it would be kind of cool anywhere else, but it, it wouldn't have that impact, I don't think.
0: Mm-hmm. And there's something, too, about, you know, being in, outside and, you know, the kids had to walk. We had to walk, too, uh, between uh, the different play sites, right? Yeah. And getting on the ground and being out in a field oh, and, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I think you could probably do it. Might You might have to tweak it a bit, but I think it was pretty powerful being in that place. Yeah, for
1: sure. Do you, do you think there's any maybe chance to do it again back in Batosh or like say for Batosh days would there be? Any?
0: Yeah, maybe. Because um, I think that'd be kind of neat. To, yeah, that's especially true. for kids. If there's, yeah, you know, I'd leave. I mean, I think I'll leave that up to Bruce. He's the theater person. <laughs> that's a little out of my realm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, just hey, hint, hint. That might be a good. Yeah. Thing right. There. Okay. Thanks. <laughs>
1: um so what's next for you then what's um you you said you're into filmmaking do we have a a film coming out or or something
0: um i don't right now i have a few projects i'm working on um i am sort of eternally working on this documentary about edward beaupre i'm looking for a producer right now i need somebody to really help me navigate i think a lot of the legal sides of Mm. it and um uh So there's that. Uh, I'm also co-curating an exhibition of contemporary Métis art for the Art Gallery of Alberta that's going to open in May. Oh, okay. uh, The end of May 2018. Okay. So that's kind of coming up really fast. Yeah, I bet. Um, I'm co-curating it with Amy Malbuth, and uh, it's going to be the first large-scale exhibition of Métis art. Um, Yeah, so... Wow
1: yeah well that's really cool yeah um so then that opens in the end of May. Mm-hmm. wow and how long does that run for
0: i think it's gonna be until i have to look at my contract i think it's till early october late september oh, okay. so a good amount of several, time for people to get several out. months yeah um yeah and that just sort of came out of um you know because we're in this art world and right. it's a bit tricky you know i I don't like those terms, contemporary and traditional and mm. stuff, because you know traditions change all the time, and yeah, what you're right. doing now is contemporary. That's all it that means. <clears throat> contemporary yeah. means now, exactly. Yeah. But there, it makes this art world sort of division, right? Yeah. So, I guess maybe you could say people who show in galleries versus people who maybe work more in their own communities, right? Is maybe the division, and it's not that we're trying to not. Um, speak with people who work in communities but there's definitely this you know there's indigenous artists who work mm-hmm. very much in the gallery system yeah and and some who traverse those lines right yeah. so we're i guess we're looking really at that gallery system yeah. that hasn't had a large-scale metis art exhibition yeah and we're just trying to get that conversation started we don't you know it's not our intention that this is like the metis show we just want to see more of this and it's Mm -hmm. 2017 and like it's never happened and that's just kind of crazy to us Mm, yeah exactly so um so we've we're doing that and uh hopefully a lot of people will come hopefully there'll be a lot of good discussion and um you know and of course we we did a pretty lengthy studio visit process we met with over 50 Métis artists across the country. Oh wow! And obviously we've we've met. We'll have lo- left people out, and yeah, yeah. you know, there's you always get everybody, like right? you know, yeah. we did our well, best. But
1: that's, you know, there'll be another show
0: then, right? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> so I'm hoping that this kind of just at least opens a door for people to see yeah. these differences and 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 start thinking about this. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: No, it's nice to see like Métis-focused things. Um, I find. I, I I think a lot of people who maybe don't understand the difference between First Nation and Inuit and Métis, it just becomes a pan-indigenous thing. Yeah. So when you do like an indigenous art show, they just assume like, oh, well, co Salish art. Well, that's how everybody does that. And that's right. And it's like, no, that's just that region and this art comes from here. And I've I found that with a lot of people that don't really know the difference. So mm-hmm. it's nice to see kind of Métis focused mm-hmm. um, anything really. Mm-hmm. To just kind of show the differences between, well, this is our art and this is you know our artists and yeah you know it's a different style than that and you know what I mean mm-hmm. to, to, to the general Canadian anyway yeah yeah
0: yeah absolutely so
1: that's kind of cool um all right well that's awesome and uh, so the end of May and is that that's in Edmonton yeah. yeah okay
0: yeah
1: right on all right anything else that you want to tell us that's coming up for you or.
0: Um, no, I don't, nothing I can think of. All right. But yeah, it's really nice to meet you and be able to talk about this. No, I'm
1: glad you came on and uh, I hope, uh, yeah, I hope everybody enjoys listening and I hope that we can get up to Edmonton next year. Absolutely. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Long live the peak. I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. Uh, It was a great conversation and I want to thank Jesse for being on the show and being part of our Jigas Up family. Uh, and I, I'm really looking forward to getting up to Edmonton and seeing all the hard work she's put in up there. And I want to remind you guys uh, just to head over to MetisTrong.com and check out that repatriation fund. And even if you guys can't donate, that's cool. As long as you can share it with everybody you know that's Metis or, or Indigenous or whoever cares, um, as long as you can get somebody to, to help out, that's great. Like I said, it's uh, before, it's community oriented, it's community based, and. We're not going to sit around and wait for the government to give us our stuff back. We're going to take it back, And that's what the repatriation fund is all about. We need to stand up, we need to take charge, and we need to get our, our items returned to us at least, or at least put into museums that we choose, or put into places that we pick, um, that we can, you know, museums close to where they're supposed to be, where these items are from. That's what it's, what's important about this. So get over there, share that, donate if you can. It's really appreciated. Um, if you have any questions about how the fund is going to use, just stay tuned on the website. We're going to be updating it with the full full scope of what we're going to be doing with that fund. But essentially it's there to you know, to help cover some of the legal costs and some of the, you know, costs associated with these things, whether it's we have to buy items back or whatever. I don't I don't care how we get them back at this point. I just want them back. And we got some other cool things going on on the website. We got a um, petition there for supporting one of our own. So you get over there and sign that. There's a survey there that you can tell us what you think a Métis organization should be focusing on. And it takes you about three minutes to fill out. And, you know, we got some other cool things going on on the website. So check that out. And next week we'll be back with our regularly scheduled professor and the rantings and ravings of a couple of bearded lunatics. So that's something to look forward to, I guess. I don't know. And it'll be we'll be recording it on Halloween. Ooh, spooky. So stay tuned for that. I don't know what we're gonna talk about next week, but you know what? It'll be exciting. It'll be a great show. And until then, the jig is up. Long live the peak. Hey,
0: hey, hey. my late cooking came hey. from Kawaka tour express Real world, you woman probably popping up. Want to talk the language A hundred clicks north If RG is the rest You still gotta be a chief To wear a headdress So take your shit off Before you ruin it for the rest You better listen to your heart There's too many heads Watch what you say, man There's way too many feds